Hey everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the Canisius College Frozen Podcast. Today is January 27th, 2020, and we're going to be talking about a couple different things regarding Atlantic hockey action and college hockey action from the past couple weeks. The One of the things we're going to do is make some predictions for the end of the regular season. We're going to take a look at the NCAA bracketology, and we're going to continue talking about how Sacred Heart is on a roll, as well as plenty of other things regarding college hockey this year. So, for everybody here on the College Frozen Podcast, let's go. All right, welcome back, everybody. And by everybody, I don't mean just Jay this time. We do have a new member here at the Frozen Podcast. Welcome, John Scusa. John, introduce yourself to every single one of our many, many listeners. Oh, yeah, the many, many listeners. Uh, I'm John Scusa. I am a sophomore here at Canisius College. I am a sports journalism major, and I'm excited to be on this podcast. You better be. That would be sad if you weren't. Yeah. He's got that enthusiasm. The enthusiasm. I would also be more enthusiastic if you talked a little closer to the microphone. Okie dokie. Wow. Shots fired. Hey, what, what can I say? I'm just trying to continue our reputation of immaculate recording yeah. of this podcast. Okay, I'm sorry. We have yeah, a missiles fired straight at his head. Yes, we do. All right, well, we'll get right into it then. Speaking of missiles. Speaking of missiles. Kinesis <laughs> <laughs> Hockey. Yeah. So, you were... Yeah, I'm going to just let you do, do kind of your thing in terms of these two games because you were, uh, I'll say, you were there on yes, Friday. Yes, and covering, and so is John, so yeah. we can talk about it, So and then talk about the second game as the, well. The The second game is going to be the more interesting one, because Friday was just a tough, like, that was just not really a great game to begin with, and Friday was just embarrassing. Friday was tough because... Saturday was embarrassing, I mean. Friday was tough. Saturday was embarrassing. Yeah. Friday was tough because you come out guns blazing, you're playing well for 10 minutes, you go up one nothing. you're out shooting him 7-1, to and then you have Austin Alger behind the net on your power play, slips and falls as he's trying to make a pass forward, it ends up in the middle of the slot, Barshevsky has no clue where it is, and it's in the back of your net. That was such a sloppy play. Like It was, it was terrible. Like, I... I've been playing hockey for 15 years, and I made a lot of mistakes in my life, and that was just one of the worst mistakes I've ever seen in a hockey game ever. It, it was It's a tough because I, I don't even know if I want to categorize it as a mistake. Yeah, a mistake it's not, is a mis- when, you, yeah. when you make the wrong read or something like that. Yeah, that's, where that's you're, a mistake. You're you're, you're a, trying, like, a mistake is you're trying to force a pass across the middle. Uh, that's more of a... Like a that's more of a oops. blip. Yeah, that's like than a anything. That's a yikes moment. Not necessarily. Where literally everything goes wrong, and yeah. that was just an entire game of where just about everything that could go wrong uh, went wrong. You you're up one nothing. You're dominating, and then suddenly you find yourself down. What was it? I think four to one at one point. Yeah, it was four one at one point. And yeah. it, it was just an ugly game. You know. I thought that they had some good plays in there. I thought our power play looked really good this weekend. Got a lot of good looks. Got a couple goals. But one it's, thing that's a problem is they're really. It's good that they're consistently scoring on the power play. That was an issue that they had <coughs> earlier in the year. Yes. They weren't scoring on the power play, and they were letting up goals on the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Now they can score on the power play, but they're having trouble scoring five on five. Yes. 
which is five I would, five is a problem. I would. Would you say that's worse than not being able to score on the power play, but being able to score five on five? I would say that's worse. I, yeah, I, I'd rather be able to score five on five. Yes, because you, even if you're like struggling and you're still, if you only got like thirteen percent of your power play, that's still you're still getting something every once right. in a while. Five on five is where you got to beat the team because five on five is where you're going to be at most of the time. Right. I, yeah, I don't think that's really an argument. I guess that wasn't like a really groundbreaking question to ask. Right. Because but, really, you, like you said, you spend, you should at least spend more time on five on five than on the power play. If you spend more time in a game, statistically speaking, you're going to be spending probably 44, 46 right. minutes of a hockey game at yes. five on five. Yes, I mean, even if you take so, yeah, if the other team takes, I don't know what the average in a college hockey game, what the average amount of penalties are. Yeah, I don't know either. Kanisha's average is probably a little like higher six, this year because minutes. the beginning of the season. Right. So, um, there was a couple games where they had a lot of penalties. Um, but just but theoretically yeah. speaking, in most hockey games that you watch, you're going to get about six, yeah. seven minutes of power play time. Yes. Six, seven, seven minutes, minutes of penalty, penalty kill time. time. So, right. the, so you figure that's 14, 12, 14 minutes right there. Right. So, so the, the other 46, the game, 48 minutes is five on five yes. for the most part. Unless you, you say at the end of the game, maybe you pull a goalie and you get, you know, I, there's some margin of error there. But in the end, really, right. that's, again, not really a groundbreaking question. Obviously, I'd rather score five on five and not really be that good on the power play. But ideally, you'd be good at both. So yeah, they can't. They didn't score five on five, but the power play looked good. How? How really Im- Im- important was who? Also, who's who? Which did who played goaltending for um, for each team both games? Are they? Barshevsky started both games. Drakit started both games. Right. So and I, I knew that, but I wanted to make that point because it's funny. When you look at how Canisius has handled the past now ten games, um, yeah, and RIT has yeah. been this entire season, you'd expect a series that's got Barshevsky two games and Drakett for two games would not be as high scoring as they've yes. been. Um, Drakett's been struggling a little bit lately. I think there's a little bit of a book on him just from watching him. He's a very aggressive goalie. Yeah. Uh, the the best way to try and attack him is working behind the net. Uh, that that's at least what I've noticed, especially in the two games that I watched. Like, he really struggled mm-hmm. when you when you're working behind the net. Um, Barshevsky, I th- he had a really weird weekend because you have the weird play behind the net for the first goal that RIT scores. Then you have a breakaway out of a penalty box, and a guy tucks it in the right post. And it just felt like you had a lot of other rebounds and, and scramble plays. I thought he was a little over-aggressive on a couple goals, too, where RIT just made a great play. Like, as soon as he committed just a little bit, you have the passing lane, you get an open net kind of scenario. So I think he's got to work a little bit. Of, he was a little over-aggressive this weekend. But I struggle to look at this weekend and say, God, he was God awful. I don't think he, he really either goalie was god awful this weekend. Sometimes you just have some teams that are just executing well offensively. And look, RIT is one of those teams. They, they're usually in years past they've been one of those teams that shoot the puck a lot, try and get rebounds, get guys in front. They haven't been that this year. They they've been more quality opportunity than anything, and their execution five on five power play in just about any game situation scenario that you want they're, they're really good yeah well and RIT was a team that we pegged at the beginning of the year as a I don't, do we, I don't yeah, know if we call them a we, sleeper I don't know if we would put them as a sleeper or a dark horse but right. we said hey this, this is a team that could finish anywhere from that 3 to 5 spot 
that would have a legitimate chance of winning this conference. But we made the argument also that you needed good goaltending, and goaltending was the conference was a goaltending conference. Yes. At the beginning of the year, that's what it at least looked like. With Capel Master. And, yes, and, and Drackett, and, and then AIC having Zach yeah, Skog been, is good. Been very solid now, this year. I, His numbers don't jump off the screen or no, anything like but that. No, but he's I mean, good. He makes the saves you need him to make. On that point, I want to point out something that you might already know. Obviously, we had talked about Logan Drackett's, I will call it a fall from grace because he was one of the best goalies in all of college hockey. He was at one point in the top five in save percentage Mm -hmm. in the NCAA. He has fallen completely out of the top. I mean, I'm still scrolling to find him right now. He might not even be in the top 50. Maybe I just missed him, but I don't think so. But he, so he's either way. I mean, I, I just don't see him anymore. Yeah, he's not on there. So I would call that a fall, fall from grace. Jacob Barczewski is now in the top fifty for save percentage. He's a save percentage of nine oh six. And it was at nine twenty one before this weekend. Right. right. One bad weekend can yeah, take it can, down. Especially when you when you started the a lower ladder amount of games. Like he has forty one goals against and three hundred ninety six saves. Most of these, most of the guys on this list, like Trevin Kozlowski from Army, has 556 saves and 56 goals against. He's played a lot more games. I mean, Capobaster has been staying right, right at, now, at that 933 yes, spot. 933 is his thing. But again, so we'll take a look at something else that I want to notice. If you are looking just below Capobaster on the top 10 in save percentage in the NCAA, Stefano. Durant. Durant. Yeah. From American AIC. AIC. I mean, you got a one two punch right there. I mean, him and Skog are both in the top 50. They're both in, well, they're both in the top 26. That's yeah. where Skog is. He has a 919 save percentage. And Durant has a 930. So. And obviously, Durant hasn't faced as many high as quality. As many high quality. Yes, exactly. As many games. But, but that's I mean, another you're example at the of. best one two goalie combo in yes, the conference. In the conference. So that's something I wanted to point out. Yeah. The so but now we were talking about our IT, we're talking about how they needed goaltending to really we said they could be great. They were a sleeper for the number one spot in the in the conference, I think. R-I-T. Or a dark horse. Yes, RIT. Yes, I yes. we had not picked them to go up to number we we didn't pick them to be a one or two team, but we thought they would be a likely candidate for three, four, or five right. to get the first round by. Because we re- we really thought that uh, I mean your top three teams were probably going to be AIC, yes, Niagara, who's coming coming on lately, but uh, yeah, out of the gate. Was, I mean they're ninth right now. Yeah. So. But and, and we had, did we talk about Bentley? I don't remember. Bentley was kind of in that four to six area. Yeah, I, I don't remember how, but. <clears throat> I'm trying to think who's that other team. I think it was Air Force. Yeah, we had talked about team. Air Force being good too. Air Force but we had is, not historic. I mean, and oh, oh maybe it was Robert Morris that we said with Capelmaster. I don't remember, but maybe we didn't. But I'm he, talking about like preseason. Yeah, but he, I mean, stuff, but, but either I mean, way, it, we it adjusts not, as the season goes along. We did not pick Sacred Heart. No, and if you look, I mean, like we said, goaltending matters, and Josh yes. Johnson's got a 9.14 save percentage. Yes. So I mean, it now is that you know top 30 in the country no it's 32nd but that's still gonna win you most of your games when you have an offense that's scoring 
you know, four or five goals a game like uh, Sacred Heart has been doing. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they just won the uh, Connecticut tournament that they just played in, beating Yale 6-2, to two, and then beating number 17, Quinnipiac, 4-1. to one. Yeah, which is, I will say, impressive. That's yeah, relatively impressive. Slight understatement. But, again, you talk about Sacred Heart. They have, well, they have senior Mike Lee, who's scoring 1.12 points per game. But they don't really have anybody that's, I mean, I would call him, I mean, being in the top 20, 22 in the country in points per game is pretty good. Yeah. But they're not really a team of, I would say, superstars. I mean, their goalie is not a superstar. Vito Bavaro is a guy that's but, always stood out to me. but He stands I, out, but I don't know I, if I would call yeah, him that's, a, that's like, fair. A, that's he's, fair. I, he's maybe a stud, but he's not a superstar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I'm, you know, he's not. He's not Jack Dugan from Providence, who's as a sophomore is getting 1.68 points per game. He's not Jordan Kawaguchi, either, right. who, who I've been following, obviously, from so, North Dakota. Yeah. Uh, so, but if you look at that team, they do it as a as a like a communal success thing, and a lot. But a lot of it starts at the back end with Josh Benson. I mean, their top point per game guy right now is Mike Lee, who's averaging one point yes. one two. Right, I just mentioned that he's twenty second in the in the and country Jason, right now. Jason Cotton is another guy that yes, he's got one point oh eight, and then M- Matt Tugnet has one point oh four. Right. So these are guys that it's a these are these are guys when you have Very four guys, guys four guys in the top fifty in the country now now granted there's not fifty names on this list there's probably about seventy five because so many people are tied for oh no there's fifty names on the list. I I misread that completely. Yeah, close yeah. Enough, so fair enough. But either way, <laughs> either way, that's 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 a you know. And then you look at the next guy. You could look at their stats. I mean, if you if you got the game notes from Sacred Heart, you probably see that there's a guy that's probably averaging you know point nine two points per game. There's a guy that's point eight one, or you know, then a guy who's point six eight or something. You know, so. Um, but we didn't pick that well, to begin here's with. Here's the other thing. I mean, I mentioned that Beto Vivaro is like the guy that stands out to me the most. He's not even on the list. Mm-hmm. So you got guys who are contributing a little bit more than him. Right, exactly. He's the guy that draws probably the most attention from your opposition. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is good. If you can get him, you know, if he's, say, a, a playmaker, if he gets, if he doesn't finish, but he can make things happen and then other guys finish, that's what you need. If you can have, if you're a good, you know, if you're a good passer, you need guys who can score. That's the that's how a good team dynamic works. Um, I'd also like I'm gonna find out what Sacred Hearts special teams is because they can obviously score five on five. There's a reason that they're pretty much they're in second in the conference. So I'll right. find that information out in a second. But essentially, what were we talking about? We were talking about RIT, and then we kind of went off on a tangent, and now we're on Sacred Heart. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Sacred Heart, do you want to bring up the arena? Yeah, that was cool. I just saw that a link in the. Yeah, so uh, Sacred Heart uh, announced that they're going to uh, build a new arena that will be uh, will be finished by uh, 2020. 2022. 2022. 2022, I'm sorry. So I was like, that was $60 fast. $60 million. It's a lot of money. They've actually, yeah. put, they've actually had this kind of under wraps for a while now, from what I've heard. Uh, well, that's discussing Because they got their lease. They're halfway through their lease right. with uh, the arena they're currently in. And now, they want to like build it as like a multi- kind of thing. Yeah, you can have other sports in there as well. Now, 
Um, I'd, I'd like to, to point out, we were just talking about how their current arena has, what's the capacity of their current arena? Is it 10,000 people? Yeah. So now it's a 4,000 capacity arena is what the new arena is going to be. Um, it's on campus. It's Yes. Mm-hmm. So that'll Which, hopefully draw. That'll draw. Crowds. I would imagine it would drop attendance, especially like you want to like as a student, when you build new things, you want to go y- use or see the new things. Right. So at least in the beginning, that will be a draw to people. So it'll be interesting to look at their attendance. See, kind of like uh, Bentley when in they first built their new arena. Yeah. Because it, it's going to be set up basically the same way. Uh, around 4,000 people. If and... you look at it, it reminds me a lot of... Uh, actually, no, it doesn't. Maybe a little bit. It reminds me kind of of RIT's arena. Right now, uh, Sacred Not Heart... Not as like high as far as like how yes. the, uh, the, the setup, but yeah. Right, kinda... yeah. Like if you look at... I'm on collegehockeynews.com, and if you look at the picture of like the... Not the blueprint, but you know the... The, the concept the, of the, it. The, the digital design concept. Yeah, it looks really cool. very similar mm-hmm. in certain way. In the way, A, it's a bowl... B, yeah. there's that upper deck type thing where you can stand and watch above the seats. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, but um, it is slightly different in that it looks like there's actually going to – the one side is just going to be like a, a walkway. Um, it's like above the seats on the, on the left side if you're looking at the same picture I am. Mm-hmm. That's not, that doesn't look like it has like tunnels, if you will, or like a midway behind the seats. But yeah. on the right side, which I'd imagine would be near the, <clears throat> excuse me, the main entrance, it looks like there's going to actually be, in in a real arena, you go through, you have the midway, and then you go through the little tunnel to get to the seats, and it looks like right. it's going to be there. And then above that is where that elevated, like the, I don't know if those are suites. Yes. Or if, so, okay, I have this on the Sacred Heart official website. It said, scheduled for completion in 2022. The modern arena will feature a number of amenities for students and guests, including a pro shop beer gardens, food venues, suites, meeting rooms, okay. and offices. So that's what that is. So those are yeah. suites on the – what I uh, maybe it's not the main entrance. It looks like the main entrance side then because, again, you go through and it looks like there's be, like, stairs and, and things. And I got the other – like, I know I said, like, in the one document, but here's yes. the other side. So that's yeah. – so I'm – so right now I'm looking from the other corner – the corner exactly. to the right of you, right? Yeah. Right. To circle back to like Sacred Hearts, like uh, home attendance, their average home attendance uh, this year so far is one thousand seven people. So hopefully, so they, that's like barely that's like, over. That's like 10%, that's, yes, like, that's so even yeah. if, even if here's the thing, you get one thousand people in a four thousand seat arena. That's, that's that bumps it up to twenty five percent. It looks empty, but it doesn't look terrible. It doesn't look it as looked, empty. They looked awful. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, it looks like there's not even anybody there. Yeah, you know, it looks like nobody cares. Right. About your team, right? And exactly. In a, uh, probably the best season they've ever had as a program, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. So I gotta say, this season's gonna be a shame though, because the Atlantic Hockey Champions not gonna get a chance to beat uh, Saint Cloud State in the first round of the, uh, that, the tournament. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the. I mean, they. You know, anything can happen. It is college sports, so theoretically, you could still. You can still win the first round. But, yeah, but it won't right. be. But it won't be against State, St. Cloud State. So it won't be as yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Um, well, yeah, that's that's true. Um, so I we didn't really get a chance to talk about directionality before we started. Do you want to bump, now that we talked about 
the first round of the playoffs. Do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about the bracketology now, or do you want to hang it hang on to it for a little later? Let's go to the uh, conference rankings. That okay. We have, All right. And then we'll go to bracketology. bracketology? Okay, that's fair. Scoos, do you want to start with uh, my prediction of how the how the standings are going to shake out? Yeah. And so I have Sacred Heart finishing first, AIC second. Army third, RIT fourth, Robert Morris sixth, Air Force or Robert Morris fifth, Air Force sixth, Canisius at seven, Niagara at eight, Holy Cross at nine, Bentley at ten, and Mercyhurst at eleven. Thank you, Jay. I saw you just did. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, Vincent. Um, I my predictions. I have AIC winning the conference. I have Sacred Heart finishing second, Army third, Robert Morris fourth. Air Force 5th, RIT 6th, Bentley 7th, Niagara 8th, Holy Cross 9th, Canisius 10th, and Mersehurst 11th. Wow. All right, so you and I are in agreement. I in, believe that uh, AIC will win the yes, conference. Yes, and I'll explain why in a it's second. The same. I think you and I have the same. The game at hand. Uh, no. Okay. I actually have a different reason, Okay. but I'll get into it in a second. Uh, Sacred Heart 2nd. Army West Point third, RIT fourth, Robert Morris fifth, Air Force sixth, Niagara seven, Canisius eight, Holy Cross nine, Bentley ten, and we all have Mercyhurst at eleventh. I think that's pretty indisputable. Yeah, they yeah, that's, pretty they've low. had a tough tough they, year. They've been bad. Yes. Bad. Yeah. I would, yeah. Bad. I would. I would. Yeah. I would go as far as to say that. Um. So. John, you had Sacred Heart mm-hmm. finishing first. Why do you have them finishing first? I have Sacred Heart finishing first because I believe, um, like like what we were talking about earlier, they're having a really, really good season so far this year. Mm-hmm. That's and true. They, I really think they're starting to get um, – they're starting to heat up at the right time. You know, beating uh, number 17th-ranked Quinnipiac and beating Yale, those are those – are pretty big good programs yeah you're right yeah and i think you know if they can continue with that momentum i think they could really pick up um some crucial points at the end of the season and win the conference i think that's that's fair and i I mentioned i don't i don't hate like i'm not saying sacred hearts not going to finish strong right this i i would assume that when you beat a ranked team you're going to gain momentum from that canisius um but the (laughs) the idea but i have my so jay you talked about your i you like the game I in hand two, i have two things that yes. i, I kind of go into so you have so the first thing you mentioned to me just a second ago was you have aic finishing hand of secret heart because of the because they aic a has game a game in hand. hand also the schedules upcoming that was my point sacred, sacred heart, heart schedule is much schedule. harder two road games next weekend at air force yep then a road game at aic on tuesday yes the 11th of february that was the was that the rescheduled game yes yes mm-hmm. so then you, and then after that you got two games that weekend against niagara who's playing better yeah and then road games at army a tough place and then to you play finish at home against aic yeah so that's not an easy uh no that's not an easy schedule although they could make up some points and make up the game at hand by beating by beating uh, american national yeah. yeah if they beat them twice then it's now but again 
AIC's it. next weekend is against Mercyhurst. Yes. At the, home. So, yeah. They, now, yeah. So they play they play Mercyhurst at home, right? And then they got Canisius. then they then they so they have that Tuesday game against Sacred Heart. Yeah. They mm-hmm. are here at Canisius, but then they got Holy Cross. Then they have home against Holy Cross at <laughs> Sacred Heart, and then they finish off the season at, at Army. Army. Yes. So, like, so <laughs> I just feel like the schedule and the game at hand is going to yes. make it so much easier. If you now again, w- you can talk about games individually. Theoretically, you know, if you I am going to take a, you know, a wild guess and say they're going to beat Mercyhurst and take all 6 points that weekend. Yes. I I would I would tend to agree with that. Let's say that also Sacred Heart beats Air Force twice and takes all 6 points. Mm-hmm. Which is less likely, but obviously possible. Right. Then they have the Tuesday game where AIC is. It's at AIC on a Tuesday. Right. Sacred Heart. I'm gonna say because it's home and on a Tuesday during a week where there's school. I I to say the home game is gonna be easier, and I'm just gonna make take a wild guess. And I I don't know wild guess. It's just a random prediction at this point. Let's right. say AIC wins that game. Here's the funny that thing. could go either way. Right, really. that game could go either way. Really could. They've beaten each other once. They have right now. The season split is one to one. Yes. Here's a point that I want to bring up because I think it's important. Sacred Heart at home is six six and two. On the road, they're ten and two. So they're a good road team. Uh, they're very good. Road what is team. what's? Do you know AIC's record at home and on the road? Yes. Because, uh, you at know, home. AIC is six four and one. On the road, they're seven and seven. So AIC pretty, is so that seems pretty mediocre for a team that's leading the conference right now. Well, here's the thing. Uh, overall, AIC is thirteen eleven and one. In conference, they're thirteen five and one. Ah, okay. So you got six losses in there that the non-conference, non-conference, right? right. So I, we could we I, if we would have really 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 wanted to look into that we could see where those six losses were if they were well, all away. See. You had a home and home, so there's one road loss and, and one other okay home loss against Quinnipiac. Yeah, road loss to UMass. Yep, and then the uh, road uh, road loss to Princeton. They won and road loss to UMaine. So right. that's. Four losses on the road. So really, in there's, conference, there's seven and they're three. seven and three. On the road. Yes. Okay. And at home, they're six, five, Four. and one. Okay. Or, so, no, six, three, and one. So Sacred Heart's really good on the road. So maybe Sacred Heart wins the game on Tuesday at AIC. Yeah. So maybe they I mean, have, that happens. We're assuming, like, as far as road records right. and overall records and talent and everything, yeah. my best guess would be that it's some. They're, this is probably going to be a split. Those yes. two remaining games. The two are games split, are going to be split, which gives the upper hand to AIC. To AIC, yes. Because if Sacred Heart wants to win this conference, they're going to have to beat uh, AIC twice. Yes. Now, again, you play. Then they then they play Niagara, who Jay said we had predicted to do well, and now they're heating up, but they're still at the bottom of the conference. Still at the bottom, but they are they're playing better. Not not just yes. results wise, but overall, just watching them, they're right. playing better. Army. Then they go at Army. Sacred Heart. We, we, you just mentioned they're a good road team, but Army is a good team. I mean, we have them. I have them finishing third. You have them finishing third. Mm-hmm. Skews has them finishing third. So they're not. I'm not going to say that they're necessarily. Army is in seven it. three and one at home as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're Army's not out of it. They're eleven seven and two. I mean, 
And when you look at, say, Army's hockey schedule for their remaining schedule, for example, right? So we already talked about. The so they play Canisius at at Army this weekend. Then they're at Bentley at Mercyhurst <laughs> for two games. Yes, for two two games of Mercyhurst. Mercyhurst. One they game they Bentley. Army realistically, they could six times five. They could get thirty points over the next five games. No, I'm sorry, Th- three fifteen. You know what I meant? Not not they're not playing five series. <laughs> That was terrible, terrible math. Okay, they're not okay, playing wow. six they, series. They could realistically sweep Canisius. Yes. They could realistically yes. beat Bentley. They're, yes. They are six going points, to six sweep points. Mercier. Right. So six points, three points, six points, 15 points. Yes, that's They could right realistically get 15 points in the next five games. Although Sacred Heart in their schedule, AIC in their schedule, because they, they end the season three home games, two against Sacred Heart, one against AIC. Right, they're so, gonna have to at least. I would project if if you if you somehow manage that, right, you're gonna need at least four points in that three game stretch, right, to lock up the conference. Yeah. So Army is not out of that. No, they're not. Not but at all. The odds it, certainly the, the are, in their are favor. stacked against them again because they're two wins behind the other two teams right now. Exactly. Which and we're talking about AIC. We already mentioned AIC's remaining schedule having. They have, it, I mean, we just talk about the same thing. We talk about having 30 points in five games, which is obviously not going to ha- Not That's not happening. That's not how math works. Mercyhurst, <laughs> Mercyhurst, six. Sacred Heart, say they lose. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Canisius, Canisius, say, you know, for prediction's sake, you want to say they get five, maybe four, five points? Sure. Say they're at 10. Mm-hmm. Okay? They get 10 points, then Holy Cross, 16, 15. 15 points, Sacred Heart, then if we say they lost the first game, so then three, so then 18, 18. then at Army. Maybe they get a point or no points. Right. At the end of the season, they, they've they just got gathered between, say, probably 13 and 17 points that AIC could realistically get. And they already have two wins upper hand on Army. And Army, we just, you know, we talked about, sure, they could go ahead and they could get 15 points, but then they need to make up the other six points in three remaining games against two against Secret Heart and one against AIC. So, right. I, like you mentioned, it's it's stacked against them. Yeah. That So that, that pretty much, again, so we – that doesn't change prediction-wise. I mean, unless Scoos wants to change your prediction. No, that's I, There's no reason to. It's just – that's right. we're just making the point. Yeah. You know? Right. Here's another interesting question. Uh Robert Morris, I don't think, is gonna win the conference, but they could potentially get all the way up to the four spot because we were talking about well, well right that's where I, I think that's where I have them. No, it's all right. Here's the thing. They play two yes, more games. Yes, that's where in I RIT. do have them. What? They play two more games in R I T. Yeah. I think they could. I, they that's could what, because their remaining schedule is – so they've got Arizona State twice this weekend, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't that's matter. Right. Conference. We're talking about conference Fun opportunity play. for them to Momentum-wise, maybe it'll – like maybe if they win, help. like, whoa, you know. They can make up points with their next weekend. They have two home games against RIT. Then they got two games at Holy Cross, home and home against Canisius, two games at Niagara. Thank now, I wouldn't say any of these – Opponents are particularly terrible. None of those opponents are Mercyhurst. 
Basically, yeah. None of those <laughs> right. are Mercy Hurst. Because yeah. here's the thing. Holy Cross is not great by any means, but they have been playing better lately. Mm-hmm. They, they, right. picked, they picked up some yes. points lately. They, they picked up some ground that I didn't think yeah. that they were going to be able to pick up this quickly. Uh, Canisius, despite this past weekend, is one of the hotter teams in college hockey. We'll see if they that continues or if they – Yeah, I, uh, I'm i interested, especially you – know, you know, it's – that's – you wrote about this in the Griffin, Jay. Coaching has a lot to do with their success. Yeah. And coaching has a lot to do with the third period, yes. how they react. And how, how you, from how you the don't third call period. a timeout after yes. the third goal, which was a free goal. Right. Which I had a problem with. But anytime you let in four goals in 10 minutes in the third period after you're up 4 1. It felt like they were gaining momentum after that second goal. And then the third one went in, and it was just such a weird goal. I think I would have just called timeout at that point. Yeah. I would, I would have called timeout. There's, there's after, no way. Right. After that now, second but, goal, I would have called a timeout. I don't know if you I don't know about the second goal. You know, like, okay, it's like 4-3. And I think at that point, that's more of a, like, you're playing Division One college hockey. As a hockey player at that point, you need to realize that you need to go out and elevate your game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's not necessarily, you know, you know, but it's college hockey. You know, the other team's doing the same thing. They're down four one. They know they're not out of it. So let's. They need. They went out and they gained themselves momentum. I think there's a stigma in hockey now, where calling a timeout pretty much shows the other team that you are scared. Is that does that make sense? I guess, but I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't know when, uh, like you know, you don't agree with it. That I feel like that's like when you, when you lose momentum like that, you know, like it's one thing when you're, it's like okay, so let's say it's a, you're playing a two-two game and suddenly they put three and it's five-two in like three minutes. Right. You call a timeout. That I think is the other teams like oh we were on a run now they just slowed the game down we're using the speed. Right. When you're up four-one. And they score three quick goals. You call a timeout. As another team, you go, "Oh, they're scared of us now." I, th- I, I, that's how I would feel. But again, would you? What else do you do? You just not call a timeout and let them continue having momentum, well, go back on the ice. There's not. It's a. Yeah. I think it's a lose lose situation that you need to not let yourself get in in the first place. I think coaches are scared to call their timeouts because they want to have it available for that yes. late third period situation where right. you're down by a goal and you pull the goalie. And yes. I think it's stupid because if you have the opportunity to use the timeout in a situation where you can prevent yourself from getting to that point, you have to do it. When you go up but you want, so you, in the hockey game, they score two quick goals like that, call the timeout, get your guys together, get them back on track. you got yeah. seven minutes left in the game. If we can at least get this thing to overtime, that's all we need right now is points. Now, did Coach Large call his timeout at all during that game? He or no? called his timeout after the fourth goal. After the fourth, so to, that putting them up five four. And after, how much after, after the goal tied it? Okay, the fourth goal. Yeah. So you mean? Okay, I'm misunderstanding you. The third goal. You the, mean this? So I think I mean you the, mean the same thing. You mean when it was four three? Call a timeout. Yes. That's what you I. You mean when it was four three? Call a timeout. Yeah. Yes. I thought you meant it was four one. No. RIT scores like third. third you're talking the third, third goal for RIT, yeah. not when the third goal on the run. Being such a weird goal, I okay. Immediately, I would have called out. Yeah, uh, yes, I'm. I'm. Th- I thought you meant call it at four four. No, if I'm, that's stupid. if I think no, yes, I that's. That. Stu- I didn't think that's a good idea. Four three makes sense, but again, since it's two quick goals, you know, I don't know what. I was I I was kind of confused with you a little bit about right. like what he was saying, but yes. Now that he clarified himself, yeah, yes. Uh, now I think him call a timeout mis- at four three. Yeah, it's two goals. You know that's fine. Stop it. Right. Stop it. Reset. 
But at four, yeah, I thought you meant four four. So that changes my point of view a little bit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I think calling a timeout at that point in the game, I think that slows down the momentum. And like like Jay was saying, you're rallying the troops. You're going, all right, guys, they're coming at us fast. We need to, you know, bear down and go out there and stop them, put a you know score a goal for ourselves and try to win yeah. this hockey game. Or like you said, if they do score another goal, try to get it to overtime. Get those points. Exactly. I mean, you got seven minutes left in the game. So momentum shifts happen in a ho- almost every hockey game. Oh, oh absolutely they do. And you got to be aware of that. That's like the one thing, like, as a hockey coach, you got to be aware of. Yeah. It's kind of like being a manager in baseball. Not nearly to the same extent. But, yeah, but know. but I understand the, the, the idea behind that is. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you got to go know when to go out and have a meeting, you know, a mound visit, you know. You got to know when you're calling to the bullpen. Right. Yes, exactly. So, but real quick before we continue with our predictions here and just kind of verify. um, We'll verify the rest of our. Do I already have that one open? Maybe I don't. No, we're fine. Okay, so um, some of our other predictions. So we just mentioned that Robert Morris could lock up that fourth spot, um, but they play a lot of the middle-of-the-road teams. Right. They don't play a Mercyhurst, but they do play Niagara and Canisius. Yeah. But uh, but then they also, like you mentioned, they play RIT. Mm-hmm. Um, so Army. And then they play Sacred Heart. So, and they play Air Force, two good hockey teams. Um, my uh, On my predictions... I, oh, Jay got rid of my table. Yeah, Jay got rid of my predictions too. Um, so on my table, I had Army, then I had Robert Morris. I put it back. Then I had um, Air Force. Yeah, then I had Air Force, then I had RIT, because I, I, I understand that RIT got some momentum from this Canisius thing, and those are important six points for them. Uh, but I'm gonna look at the, I look at their remaining schedule. They have Holy Cross next. They're at Holy Cross. Mm-hmm. Then they're at Robert Morris. Then they're home versus Bentley at Niagara. Home against Niagara, and then they're at Air Force. Their schedule is very similar to the Robert Morris schedule in that it's a lot of the middle of the road teams. It's not really it's the the, the highest team conference standings wise is Robert Morris. Yeah, and that's a very and I think I think Robert them. Morris is a I don't know if I'd say Robert Morris is a better team than RIT. They're a very weird team. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I trust to Robert Morris, and I trust Kappelmaster to to be great when they need him to be. We expect him to be great. The problem with the way that Robert Morris plays is they're so goalie-reliant Yeah. that when you're facing a team like RIT, who's so opportunistic, yeah. if RIT just gains a little bit of uh, momentum in a game it just feels like they could run with it which they did which they did about yeah. uh, Robert Morris their, their kind of game could could Robert Morris beat Cornell in a one in one game yes I think they could yes because you could have Kappel Masters you, you, he could easily make I'm not gonna say easily but he could make he could very 50 well saves. Make 50 saves in a game. In one yeah, 2 1 win. Do I trust Robert Morris to win a first round playoff series and a second round playoff series and then a semifinal game and then a final game to win the Atlantic Hockey Conference? No, I do not. No, but I trust because him to get the bye in the first round, though. 
They could get a buy in the first. I round. trust them could they to win get in up the second round. I think they could. I trust if they them win the conference. I don't think they can. I I trust no. them to. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I but what I what I look at here is to that point. I think it's. I don't know if it's more ne- more likely necessarily, mm-hmm. but I think it's more likely that RIT finishes in the sixth spot, plays Mercyhurst, wins two games, then they go ahead and RIT plays AIC Sacred Heart, one of the two. Yeah, the first round. On, uh, who, right. Who else is? Well, they wouldn't face those two. Oh, that's no. right, because the, lo- the, the lower seed. Yes, so yeah, they, yeah. They're they more than likely play Air Force. Right. So then, they, so I, could RIT play Air Force? Absolutely. On the road, absolutely. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's and not a bad they're... thing to necessarily uh, end up with a spot like six because, right. it, sure, getting the first round by house. But I mean, we saw Niagara last year got that six spot. Right. Able to sneak by Canisius, went into momentum to Air Force, mm-hmm. and swapped them. Yeah. And then they went mm-hmm. all the way to the title game. Uh, do I and think RIT could do that? I absolutely, absolutely. think that they could mm-hmm. do that, especially with the way that they play. Yeah. But And I think like look how close was the series between Niagara and Canisius. It was a very close series. Now, granted, I don't think RIT and Mercy Hurst are gonna no, be close. That, no. But still having the chance to play at home in front of your home crowd, win a couple games in the playoffs, gain momentum and and move forward. And RIT is a great so, place to that's play. So huge. Yeah. Especially with a coach like Wayne Wilson. You know he's gonna have them ready to you, play, and yeah. you've been you've been to RIT. Yeah. You've been to RIT. I live in Rochester. Yeah. I've been to multiple. Oh, that you, it's a palace. It's a fun. It's fun to play. It's, fun, it's fun, yeah, fun to be it's there. A fun place to, to go. I mean, you got it, they got a great crowd. They got great student section. Yeah, it's a beautiful place to play oh, hockey. Oh yeah, it's definitely an experience. It really is. The Goldhorn reminds me of the Atlanta Thrashers. That's always a cool. Thing. That's that's <laughs> your big Atlanta Thrashers guy. Yeah, Jay's a big Atlanta Thrashers guy. <laughs> I don't, look, I, I like RIT. There's a lot of things like yeah. about RIT. Mm-hmm. If I'm, you know, like if I, if, if Canisius is not going to succeed, they're one of the next. Am I like one of my best yeah. friends goes to RIT? You know, Over he was RIT. he was texting me the whole time during the Saturday game. I was at my uh, the fire hall installation dinner, so I wasn't watching it live. So Sunday I watched the third period, but he texted me and he was like, "Oh, he's like the Golden Griffins are absolutely destroying us right now. It's four one going to the third period," and then he's like, "He's like four two comeback time." Four three, let's go. Four four, take that. Couple choice words, yeah. and then five four. More LFG, you know. Let's make let's make it happen. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, and and then they did make it happen. Yeah, they did uh, make it happen. They did. So, but I I don't, you know, I I don't. And they're the only team that's gone. They're the only Atlantic hockey team that's had <clears throat> a long run of success as deep into the tournament. As they did, yeah. Frozen Fork, uh, yeah. Parents, what in 2010? Yeah, which which was funny because that's what they they had uh, the 2010 Frozen Four team ceremony night uh, when they played Canisius, and, and that's what the announcer said. He's like, "You can't get blown out on your home ice on this night." And then I came back and I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense." <laughs> <laughs> if it was any other night, maybe we yeah. hold on, yeah. but that night, I mean, they had to. Uh, speaking of, since we're talking about this. And we're talking about positions, who could lock up the number one spot. All we really care about is who's going to win this conference. Yes. Who do? Who would you put your money on today? Like right now? Or that's... Here, here's a better question. Who are your, in your opinion, who are the top three teams that could win this conference? 
if you had to pick three teams from this conference I, to put money, that one of them's going to win it. Who's going to be? I'm going to put Sacred Heart AIC in the top two. Yes. Don't, I would too. I don't think there's any. Don't think that's really that. that's not very hard. There, I I realistically, I think AIC or Sacred Heart. I, I the title game. For some reason, Since I it's don't. A one game, it's I, so... I it's very important. I don't think AIC and Sacred Heart are going to play for the title game. I have a. Feeling. Really? Yes. I here's, don't think. I think here's my, somebody is going to stop one of them. I don't know which one, but I have a feeling that one of them is not going to make it to the title game. I have that same hunch as you. I watched a lot of hockey in my life, and I've, you know, you're like, you're watching these two dominant teams run a conference. You're like, oh, yeah, that's the title game. And then you watch one of them get stopped. I have that same hunch. I don't know which one will get stopped, but I think one of them will get stopped. I think stopped. it's going to be like Tampa Bay did last year with Columbus. I don't know if they're going to get stopped in the first round. That's not my point. Yes. Might be the second. Well, obviously, well, I mean, they're going to get a bye. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't I think it's the first series they play. Right. You but, don't think it's going to be like Air Force no. last year where they, that they're they really good in the regular season, then they get you know, the yeah. first round bye, and yeah. then they get swept, swept. by Niagara. Right. That's not going to happen. No, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. Could they lose in the semifinal? I think they could lose in the, in the, the semifinal. Here, here's what I'm going to say. If I had to choose today, I'm choosing AIC. They won the regular season last year. I think they're going to do that again this year. They won the conference last year. I think they could do it again this year. They're built for that. However, if it came down to AIC and Sacred Heart in the title game, I think that AIC is the better team, but there's no way with the season that they're having that if Sacred Heart gets the title game, they're not winning. I think that's fair. I, I could agree with I that. think if the two of them play, I'd root for Sacred Heart. Not that that has any effect on how right. they play. No, you like, know? I mean, like, they're like, oh, Vinny on the podcast is rooting for us. We're going to win this game. <laughs> it's one of those like storylines story yes. where it's just you, you get this – you look at this body of work and compare it to what they are historically and look at what right. they've done this year and all, all these factors come in. They're building a new arena and – they right. win this Connecticut ice tournament, which is going to yes. help them in the long run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having yeah. played that competition. Yes. Yeah. I, I'd have a hard time not saying that Sacred Heart's going to win that game. But if I had to pick my top three, obviously AIC and Sacred Heart. And then I have a tough time picking between RIT and Army. Army, you get great goaltending from Trevin Kozlowski on almost a nightly basis. Yes. You're getting arguably the best uh, special teams units in all of college in hockey. In all of college hockey, because absolutely. Because they've got a very solid power play. They've got by far the best penalty kill in the mm. entire landscape of college I, hockey. I don't, it's not even close. If you – yes. Like just – But RIT they're, – they're, they're unreal. Now, they. I will say – I will say Army's 10th in the nation right now in penalty kill. Mm-hmm. They're at an 86, uh, 80, yeah, like 80, 859 is their percentage. So like 86, essentially. Yes. AIC's penalty kill is 885. Really? Yeah. A, uh, I did not know that armies fell that much. Our armies did fall. I don't know why. I was uh, completely agreeing with you. It's still a very good unit. I, I mean, AIC, I AIC's much. power play, 223, 14th in the country. Yeah, I figured that they were probably going to have a better power play than Army. Sacred Heart, 258, mm-hmm. sixth in the country. Ooh. I have trouble. We, talk, we talked early on the podcast about how important five-on-five scoring is. Yeah. 
but That's also a big concern with Army. how important special teams are mm-hmm. to postseason success. AIC is the most well-rounded special teams team in the conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that that helps us choose between Army and RIT. Right. But it's just but a fact. That's important. Kanisha's is uh, power play, by the way, 16th in the country. Right I was now. just about to say that I saw that. Yep. Um, I will say that Army's power play. Very average. 39th in the country. Mercyhurst is 40th. Which is kind of which I find kind of weird. Yeah, I don't. Well, Mercyhurst's biggest problem is goaltending this year. If if you you know I, you know it's and that but I mean like these are these are not like individual st- statistics. If I'm like I, at one point you know I'm running, if I'm running the uh, you know if I'm a hockey player and I'm ranked if I'm ranked 23rd in the country in points per game that's something I'm gonna brag about. If my team is 48th in the country in power play percentage. Like St. Lawrence's, St. Lawrence is. That's a fifteen. They're fifteen percent on the power play. Is that really that good? No. No. Good. No. So that's not really necessarily anything to brag about. Right. Being fortieth at a sixteen point eight percent success rate for Mercyhurst is just like they're on a list. You know. Yeah. That's true. If you listed everybody, eventually somebody'd be. You know, somebody's going to be last, and somebody's going to be not last. Right. Well, as a matter of fact, everybody who except for the guy who's last is not last. Which is the opposite of, if you ain't first, you're last. Which right. is my life motto. Anywho. Yes. In all seriousness, like Niagara's is 50th. Like, oh, I'm top 50. 14.1. Woo, you BKA. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just yeah. ju- to that point, Mercyhurst being 40th is like, oh, maybe they'll make a run. Not that you said that. No, but no. It's, that's something that, like, it is, th- these rankings are misleading in that way because the 40th ranked team on the power play power-wise is not equivalent to the 40th-ranked power play goal scorer in right. the country. Right. You know? Exactly. Well, so, that's a mention. I mean, you've got 60 teams in college hockey, so you're in the, the, you're you're just, in the, you're bottom. the top of the uh, third yes. percentile of the country as Which, far as well, and when you And when you look at it that way, there's 60 teams in college hockey. 40th. Exactly. Army mm. Army is 39th. Yeah. So you are below average on the power play. Mm-hmm. And we're just talking about how great their special teams are. Now, well, historically and his, this yes. season at the beginning. And it was but more about their Army has always been a strong team. Yes. You know? So I have trouble picking against them. Here's and I will I will say if you hang on for just about 16 not even more seconds. RIT power play not in the top fifty. Yeah. So, if I'm gonna be consistent, which I try to be, which I don't know if I am all the time or not. Yeah. Special no, teams. Special teams are important in the postseason. Mm-hmm. RIT's special teams are as a matter. Oh, there's a page two. Let's find out who where RIT is. RIT's fifty first. Right, fourteen percent. Yeah. Colgate has the worst power play. In the country, at what percent? They have scored four power play goals on used eight, crest. 89, 89 um <laughs> So anyway, you're right. They are terrible. They are terrible. But 
Um, oh, Air Force Robert Morris also all 52nd and 53rd. And that's terrible. UMass, 55th. UMass was good for a while. Yeah, well, losing Kilmacar hurt them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh, Colgate, sorry, by the way, they're uh, 4.5% success on the power play. They have scored four goals on 89 opportunities. Dang. Alabama That's... Huntsville is <laughs> next. The Chargers. Woo! 7.6%. Uh, Who knew Hawkins, even Alabama, was very good. Lake Superior State is 9.6%. Uh, Not very superior. They're the last team below 10%. Vermont is next. Alaska Fairbanks. Then UMass and Union are also down Union's there. Union's a very young team. Here's what I'm going to say. Yeah, we talked about Union on one of the previous podcasts. Yeah. Okay, so. Oh, oh let me just make my – I we got <laughs> off track. Let me make my point real quick. I promise. I don't think RIT is um, – I don't. I, I don't see them beating out Army because Army special teams are that much better than RITs are. RIT's right. penalty kill is at 80.8 percent, thirty eighth in the country. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. Here, I, that's what I, I. That's what I see being the difference. Right. Here's where I not necessarily disagree. Like everything, every point you brought up is f- absolutely fair. Those are analytics and stats that you can use that would generally point the arrow towards Army would win that game. My problem is. If besides AIC, as of right now, when we look at the other ten teams in this conference, RIT's good. Yeah, but out of all those teams, they thrive like crazy on adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Historically, this season, general situations, they've beaten good teams. You know, they beat Bowling Green earlier this year. We're close against Ohio State. Like, you put them in like, – we just saw it this past Saturday. Down yeah. 4-1. They end up winning the game in regulation. So, if you're asking me, in a one-game series, which is probably what what's going to happen because if RIT beats Mercyhurst let, – let, let's say things pan out in the way that RIT is sixth and Air Force is five. Right. They win their first round series against Mercyhurst, obviously. Yeah. yeah. If they get past Air Force and they face Army in a title game or a semifinals game, yeah, it's a lot of momentum on RIT's side. That's a one-game scenario. In a three-game series, I'd pick Army. Now, in a one-game series, I'd pick RIT. That's fair. How many? I. I I don't really need to die on the hill of special teams. Yes. How many penalties were called against Canisius? How? how a lot. Against Canisius. Power, uh, RIT was on the power play a lot. Wait, th- this past Friday? Yes. I just feel like they're always getting called for a lot of penalties. Right. Um, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but. So now, how much? How many? How many penalties does RIT take? Does that you know? Does anybody have that stat? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm pulling up uh, uh, Saturday's box score. Hang on. I feel like they're very average as far as taking penalties. They're... Yeah. I mean, Friday's game they didn't take a lot, did they? No, I don't really remember them taking a lot of penalties. I think they took like uh, probably like two or three penalties. Okay, Friday. Let's see. I think uh, it maybe three. Uh, oh, I have their schedule right here. Why don't I just look at the box scores? 
I'm looking at right now. Let's say. Uh, so RIT had four power plays compared to Kinesius's six power plays. Okay. Okay. So, again, if I'm going to die on the hill of special teams. Kinesius had how many power plays again? Six. And six. They scored on their first power play, they scored a goal. So they were one for six on the power play. Correct. That that is that that's the whole weekend. No, that's just that's Saturday's game. Saturday's game. Okay. Oh, Saturday's game. Okay. I'm talking Saturday's. I'm, now I mean, so Friday. Now Friday. Do you have Friday's game? Friday, I can remember because I wrote it down in my notebook. Uh, they were one for Kinesius was one for four on the power play. So RIT took ten penalties in two games, so that averaged just a five. Two. And they gave up two, two power, power play goals. Correct. Not bad. It's good. Yeah. You'll take that. That's 80%. You'll yep. take that any day of the week. That's their average. That's their national average. Yep. On on, on penalty killing. Okay. Right. Now, how many penalties did Kenesha take on the weekend? They took four in Saturday's game, and they took... I believe you said two. Okay. They're, yeah. And So all, they had... So RIT had six power play and opportunities. And they scored one goal, and they scored it on Friday. One for 16%. six. 16%. Not bad. Not bad. You'll take it. Not great. Not great. Average. Here's the thing. But if you're talking about like a okay, so let's cut that in half, okay? Right. So let's say for one hockey game, okay? Right. Against Army. If right. If you go four for five on your penalty kill. Yeah. And one for six on your power play. Yeah. So that's a legit. That's the, that could legitimately happen in a game. Yeah. I give them a good shot at winning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's fair. I'm gonna read you some things here. Uh, when RIT played Army previously. 2-1 game, they played on the 22nd of November, while back. Really probably not even relevant because teams continue to grow in practice. That's, yeah. you know. Wasn't that about the time RIT was still pretty hot, uh, coming off the wins against uh, yeah, yeah. Bowling Green? Against yeah, Bowling Green. So, yeah. you're right. Except Army won 2-1, and um, at the time... Um, their records were seven four and two. RIT was. Uh, they were four three one and one mm-hmm. in conference. Army was seven three and zero oh, and five three and zero oh in the conference. So Army was above them in the conference at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, the Army scored one power play goal on four opportunities, and RIT scored no power play goals on three opportunities. That's not you know crazy. Right. You know, whatever. Um, the next game they played, RIT won four to two. Uh, RIT was zero for three again, and Army was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They were one for seven. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at an RIT hockey team that takes an above average amount of penalties. This this second game that they played was on the 23rd. Was the next day, mm-hmm. so. Um, again, this was a while back, but I don't like the odds of taking giving that many opportunities to Army because it, it shows that Army is probably going to get a power play goal mm-hmm. in the game. Most likely, yeah. And, you know, you went 0 for 6. Maybe you would have scored on the next one if you had 7. But I don't like giving Army opportunities. I think still in one game, I still think Army could beat RIT just simply because of their 
well-roundedness and how special teams are important to to momentum like that and right. also i will make the that was a um the second game it was a third period power play goal um and the other one was a second period power play goal so you know you a late a later game you know first if you score on the first period like oh there's a penalty four minutes into the game you score and it's one nothing until the second period well that doesn't really mean, mean a lot but if in the you know second period third period goals one goal at that point in the game i think is is important it's a momentum so shifter mm-hmm. i don't love i don't love rit's chances against army even in a one game series that's the hill i'm going to die on is the special teams hill if i'm wrong I'm, it doesn't really matter yeah, because it, you know it doesn't affect my life at all i just yeah, right. you know yeah, no, my predictions fair. have fair. never been great i don't think i've ever been above uh, neither mind you know so <laughs> so but that so maybe mercy first wins this conference we never know. you never know and they still have a chance that's the hill I'm going to die on, and we'll just you know, we, it, it's it kind of is what it is, you know. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, I think we're. Uh, did we talk about a lot of time? Did here. we? We are. Um, did we talk about everything we wanted to talk about? Um, oh, the, uh, there's an outdoor game happening. Air Force is playing Colorado College um, during a face-off at Falcon Stadium. Col- yeah, so that'll be cool. Yeah, that'll be really outdoor cool. hockey is fun. Is that going to be on full hockey? I believe it is. Um. So Boston College lost to the Maine Black Bears. Uh, yep, twice. Twice in overtime. Two games in overtime. Edwards Trailmax and Mitchell Fossier had quite the weekend, combining yeah. on a lot of goals, had a lot of assists. Jeremy Swayman, I believe, is sixth in the country in save percentage. He's one of the better goalies in college hockey. Had himself a weekend. Yes. Uh, Hunter Shepard bro- broke the NCAA starts record with yeah, 105 really cool. from Minnesota Duluth. In the series two. they split with University of North Dakota. Yeah, he, he's won two national titles, a starting goalie. He's one of the best, I'd I say one of the greatest college goalies we've ever seen all time. Uh, he's got a lot to his name there at uh, Minnesota Duluth. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't uh, – I, let me see if I can just find his name real quick on the – not that it really matters. His save percentage for – Yeah. Uh, it's pretty average. I don't think it's that great. But – Still, oh well, he's still a good goalie. Great goalie. I mean, he, he gets hot and he gets hot at the right time. His, um, save, his save percentage and goals against average in the uh, tournament are unbelievable. He's never lost a game, so that's uh, I'm gonna say quite good, impressive. Yeah, that's a pretty impressive stat. Eight, eight, no, in in those games, <laughs> pretty important. Wow, damn. All right, so thank you for joining us for this episode of the Kish College Frozen Podcast. Thank you, Scoos. You'll be back next week yes, at I the same will. time. Jay will be back next week at the same time, as will I. Thank you once again, everybody, for joining us. Enjoy some college hockey this week. Go Super Bowl. Uh, who do you guys have? Dude, just real quick. Niners. I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one. I'm uh, also going to go with the Chiefs. Um, it doesn't matter, though. Also, recipes to Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the other people that were on the helicopter that tragically crashed. That was tough. I've never seen the sports world shut down the way they did. Like the yeah. fact that I'm bringing that up on a college hockey exactly. podcast. Yeah, is... he had an impact on everybody. Yes, yeah, whether he really you're a did. huge sports fan, whether if you're an athlete for basketball, hockey, baseball, football, he had an impact on everybody. So that was terrible, and I felt like, like I mentioned, college hockey podcast, and I still felt the need to address that. Yeah, which is that's a statement right there. 
I'll say thank you a third time. Make sure to join us next week and check out our other podcasts. Check us out on Twitter at RealGriffCast. Join us again next week and have a great rest of your day.